intro again. <laughs> don't, don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, f- him. It's our show. We do what we want. Oh my god, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome to another episode of the Mad and Mega Christian Wrestling Podcast. We're here with your host, Will Diamond. And your other host, Shane Daniels. And of course, Jake Murphy. And we welcome you to Not Another Freaking Real Podcast episode well you heard it here first welcome to the real podcast uh happy father's day to all the real fathers out there and to my father vacant for being out there greatest yeah for i was just about to say happy father's day to vacant you've done a real bang up job with me but also happy father's day to you shane because i know you're the big papa in here well, thank you, but you got the only ads too, right? I mean, the only kid I have is Jake, but he's dead to me, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we had a... Well, let's say nobody's going to have your Father's Day me for, for Carson. No, fuck Carson. If anything, we shame you on Father's Day for bringing him into this world. <laughs> What did my son do now? I mean, he is kind of an asshole. I was about to say, dog, you worked shows with him. You know damn well what he's done. Uh-huh. And he let him run, run around with the, the, uh, bad. Not to mention, your son is a two-timing whore, double-dipping in factions. Well, I mean, he gets well, to hang out with Derek Neal. Well, what? Well, hang out what? with Derek Neal. Okay. He's in good hands. So, all right, folks, you just heard it here. Not another freaking wrestling podcast breaking headline. Derek Neal is a better father than Jake Murphy. He's the piccolo to my Goku. So you're a deadbeat dad. You're like Ray Mysterio. This is when I went out the cigarettes and everything. Yeah, what are you, some kind of Ray Mysterio Jr.? Speaking of Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, I've got a foot on that guy. Well, yeah. But speaking of Ray Mysterio Jr., on Raw, we finally got Cody versus Dom at Money in the Bank. Confirmed 100%. So that's, so I missed anything that had to do with Raw this week. Is that for Money in the Bank, or did that happen on Raw? It happened on, well, it's going to be at Money in the Bank. So it's official for Money in the Bank. I honestly think that that is one of the best possible choices for both men's career because you have Cody, who is one of the most white meat baby faces in the company, who you are trying to do a, we need to build him up even more to win a belt. And Dom, who is probably the biggest heat magnet in the company, I think that's a great match for a pay-per-view. You can get a That'll guarantee get the crowd really hot. Yeah, and it'll really elevate Dom. Yeah. So that's also a good uh, thing. Also, speaking of Judgment Day news, we had Damian Priest qualifying for Money in the Bank. Looks like there's a little dissension between Finn and uh, Damian right now. So I'd need them to not split up Judgment Day for at least two more years. I just and that's what they're fucking hard on is about. We talked about this before, and it's a, it's a fucking reoccurring theme. You got something good, and then they're like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. And I get that TV fucking moves at a high rate of speed, and people get bored. But if they're doing their job, I mean, look how long the bloodline storyline's been going on for fucking three years. Well, my thing is, that's right. People are Cincinnati. Wow, you're on fucking Get the fuck out of here. We're trying to record the real podcast. The real podcast. Fuck off. Fuck you. Last night. Awesome. Hey, you know what I can do? <laughs> I can do that. Welcome to the real podcast. Really? 
Oh, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> For those listening at home, we're now imbued in a kicking war between Shane and JD. This is now the third time JD has rejoined after getting sick. Make that four. Can we? Yeah. Four times. You left. Oh, can we get a five? Well, there's more kicks in here than the Tajiri match. I know. <laughs> All right, guys, have fun. See you later. Bye, JD. Later, dude. Uh, so, how's now that we have the final person in Money in the Bank? How's that looking to you guys? Ricochet. Ricochet. I'm still sticking with LA Knight. Rick, LA Knight is totally who's actually winning, but I really want Ricochet to because I just. I had a moment earlier today. Granted, I was very drunk and I was by the pool, but I was reminiscing about the golden era PWG days. Y'all know the 2016 2017. To me, that was the peak of how stacked the indies were. And that everybody kept saying, man, if PWG suddenly got a TV deal, they could easily run with WWE. And then the realization of they basically did with AEW because they just yoinked their whole roster. And now have just expanded it with WWE people. But I don't know. I feel like we're on the precipice of a new golden era for wrestling. I feel like we're getting there i don't feel like we're right there yet i feel like we're getting there because this really brings up a, another conversation when we touch on nxt uh i really want to talk about uh wesley and how he is he is literally the best of both worlds he has that AEW style but he knows how to fucking make it work in wwe and that's impressive and He's easily one of my favorite guys on NXT. But we're going to talk about the fucking promo. Finn and Seth. I couldn't fucking hear it because the crowd would not shut the fuck up. And I'm all for... I love crowds like that. To an extent. Like where they're... I'd say the best crowd was fucking Backlash Cloud. They weren't obnoxious. And they knew when to turn it up and hype it up and when to turn it off. I feel like that was perfect. But this crowd just would not shut the fuck up. And it I feel like it took away from the promo. And they were trying to salvage it and just couldn't. Yeah, it's it's funny though, like that this come up. Because like I was actually talking to a, a, a fan not too long ago. Like bitching it about at indie shows when you know, like you got your heel out there trying to cut a fucking promo, trying to tell the fucking story, give you the setup, what the fuck ever, and the fans are all like, not even chanting or in a cohesive way, just like we don't want to hear it, shut up, and then like they're sitting there going, well you shut up, I want to hear what they're trying to fucking say, I want to know why this fight's happening, I want to know this guy's motivations for this fucking fight. That shit annoys me so much at indie shows whenever people are like just shut up and it's like no it it, it it's promo time like you're getting backstory or you're getting yeah orange. like you wouldn't like i understand the crowd is just like oh i'm doing my part in booing the heel but it's also like no really do your part like you can boo them without being like just go out of here we don't care what you're saying like no like listen and then hate Fuck, I would have been okay if it was like he was saying something, they would boo, whatever, but singing the fucking song the entire fucking 10-minute fucking segment was a little fucking much. And I'm all... Uh, man, I love fan interaction. As somebody who used to be a worker, that's... That's where you get your fucking, you know, motivation from. To fucking give them shit that's popping them and fucking playing off the crowd and the emotion and all that. And I'm, I love an active crowd. But there's a line that yeah, you don't fucking need to cross. And that was that was it. What city were they in? 
fucking, I want to say Lexington. Yeah, I think they were in Lexington. That's such a weird town for such a, like, bolsterous crowd like that. Well, you gotta think, you know, that's basically OVW territory. Yeah, but it's OVW, exactly. What? Like, in the 80s, that was Mid-South territory. That's Bill Watts. Like, those people were big kids back in the 80s on wrestling, so... You guys, we had the big tag match main event. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus my notes suck. Kit Wilson and S. Elton. Oh, Genta and Weedrick Kid. I can't even fucking say his name. The one with hair. Yes, that guy. Axel Dider Jr. I don't remember his fed name, but that was his indie name, so he's Axel Dider Jr. Representing India! Great. They, them two right there is legitimately one of the greatest tag teams of all fucking time, and I, I'm in no rush for it, but I am still eagerly awaiting the day when, you know, Walter's had his son, he's had his intercontinental run that's still been going, and then he's inevitably going to get that world title run. I'm ready for when he gets siphoned down the card and him and Axel Dider Jr. do their ring comp tag run because they will make magic with that tag division. Well, they made magic. They made magic on the main event of Raw. I mean, it was a hell of a match. I can get used to that um, shit. Uh, let's move on to NXT. Not a lot going on other than Seth freaking Rollins versus Brian Breaker. Did Wait, they, did that already happen? No, it's okay. it's announced. There. I was about to say, I actually plan to watch NXT for the full episode for that because to me that is their ultimate tester for Braun Breaker. I feel like they kept him in NXT for now to A, wrap up the Carmelo feud, but B, do this to truly see, like... Where he's at. Yeah, because how he's built, you can't Apollo Cruise him and just suddenly be like, he's here now, and he's just a dude on the roster. They need to bring him in in a big way. And... If he flounders in the Seth Rollins match, then he absolutely needs to stay in the warehouse a little bit longer. But I personally think he'll do good. I still think he needs some more time in the oven that is the the NXT warehouse. But I think, honestly, by giving him one more year, by Rumble season next year, he will be primed and ready to go. Well, they did a similar thing like this with uh, Rollins, didn't they? When he was NXT champion, they had Punk come down there and wrestling, didn't they? They did that, and then they had him do a tag with Punk, I want to say. I can't remember against who, but Punk came down there as WWE champ while Rollins had the NXT belt a couple of times. And then I know they did like a handful of Shield bits, because at the very tail end of his run with the belt, Shield had started. I really like that they're bringing guys from the main roster down to wrestle these guys. I mean, it adds something um, different than just seeing a bunch of developmental people. Well, my thing is, if you want to treat it as a developmental, which it 100% is, the only real way to test if they will do good on the main roster from at the bare minimum in-ring standpoint is to bring some of those dudes down there and have them literally have tryout matches like Braun is about to have with Rollins where sure you can put on bangers with these dudes on the NXT roster that y'all have been training with for a few years at a time you've been around them for a while but there's going to be a big difference when you're just thrust into a roster of all these big names that you know but you don't personally know Mm -hmm. and you haven't actually been in the ring with and even like, I know NXT current day is very heavily watered down from, like, golden era black and gold brand in terms of in-ring style capability, but there's a big difference between main roster and current NXT people. Well, that's what they used to do with OVW back in the 
fucking the 2000s, they'd fucking, they'd bring so-and-so from TV down and they'd have a big batch with, like, the top heel or the top baby face from OVW, whatever. It would not only pop a gate, but it was also, like, a dress rehearsal for, hey, maybe this guy's ready to go up. Yeah, it's always a good testing ground when you have a developmental like that. You could really see what they got. You know, hopefully they give Seth and, and Braun some, a little bit of playtime, you know, not mm-hmm. give them like minutes of a, a match at the end of the show. Let, let's give them about 30 minutes and let let him go out to the, the deep end and see where he's at there. Because I don't really think he's been pushed to the deep of the pool. Braun, I think uh, this will be a really good test for Braun. Braun has had everything kind of served up to him on a silver platter because he's been perfectly fed people that will mesh well with what he can and can't do currently. And I think Rollins is a wrestling Swiss army knife, so he'll be more than able to get a good match out of Braun and make Braun look good. But it's what Rollins does in that match doesn't even matter it's all about what braun does because that is all eyes are on him and him alone at that point no one gives a fuck about what rollins is going to do in that match because everybody knows rollins will do good in that it'll be at the bare minimum a good match yeah i totally agree with you so let's go ahead and i watched aw full all the way through again this week. Were, were you high? Yeah, I was super fucked. <laughs> yeah, but it was also a really good week. But it was, it was really good. Uh, I, I've, I learned that I'm easily amused when I'm high. So I figured, hey, I just watch fucking AEW while I'm playing World of Warcraft. I don't really have to pay attention, but, you know, I keep it on there. But I actually did watch that whole 30-minute match. MJF versus Adam Cole, 30-minute draw. Good match. Starting out the whole fucking show, my only critique for this fucking match was if we were going to do what we did in the finish, we should have had a countdown. It would have added so much more. But I 100% think that and I'm typically a really big hater of time limit draws. That's literally one of my biggest things I hate about pro wrestling. Noah is they fucking love time limit draws. But I think that that was the perfect way to anybody that was on the fence about an Adam Cole MJF feud. That was just the little y'all see what they can do together and then y'all will be hyped because I was very against it, honestly. I thought that this was a worst-case scenario for both people involved in that it would kill both of their momentums, but no. You know, I don't normally question you sometimes, and I question that because I was sold on the promo. The promo alone sold me for this match. Not that I'm a big Adam Cole fan, and I'm a fucking MJF fan, but the promo is what really sold me. The nice little detail in fucking MJF's elbow pad that said Vince was right, like... See, I I loved the promo, although I will say, personally, I think... I won't say he floundered, but Adam Cole was not holding his own up there. He was surviving, but I don't think Adam Cole particularly stood his ground during that promo exchange. I think MJF kind of dog walked him a little bit. And it was the best kind of dog walking where half of his promo was just Adam Cole's old promos. Well, let me play devil's advocate. Anybody who's followed Adam Cole's career from PWG, Ring of Honor, fucking NXT to now knows that when that man wants to fucking light your ass up in a promo, he can. And I don't think he wanted to blow his load on that first, because I feel like this is going to be something down the load. And I think we're going to get another promo like that, and I think that's where we're going to get fucking Adam Cole just letting loose and just going out. Oh, we definitely are, because I personally feel like MJF blew his load on that promo. He got in every possible 
full jab you could get in on Adam Cole within a single promo to the point that there's only a couple talking points left that he can do to milk out the feud because I assume where they're going is obviously he's got Tanahashi at Forbidden Door and then we've got All In as the next pay-per-view. But then a week later we have All Out and I'm assuming Adam Cole MJF is going to be the All Out main event whereas MJF does something i assume he's going to defend the belt at all in but i i don't know i've been hearing dirt cheat reports that they're going to run punk in mjf then and i'd be okay with it we'll, we'll touch on we'll touch on that when we get on collision uh let's talk about forbidden door though we got an open challenge for the new japan pro wrestling heavyweight championship and i'm I, sorry he put some respect on that ugly belt's name, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It may be ugly, but it we love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jungle Boy, we couldn't find anybody else better to fucking accept this open challenge. Literally anyone. Like, dude, you could throw a fucking bouncy ball in that locker room and hit 20 different dudes. That would be a better match than fucking Jungle Boy. Jack, let us tell us how you feel about Jungle Boy, Jake. Versus Sonata. Like, okay, in my head, this is what happened. The booking team for AEW is all sitting at a fucking table and like, well, who are we going to have wrestle Sonata for the IWGP championship? And somebody comes in off off frame, walks in through the door with a plank of wood in their hand, and they just hit fucking Tony Khan in the back of the head with it. He goes face down on the table and says, he goes, well, well, Jungle Boy. That's the worst fucking booking meeting ever. But I I could only imagine that sometimes that's exactly what it's It's like. It's like, I understand their viewpoint of right now we are on do or die, push Jungle Boy as a main event star. Because now that they've really put all their horses in it, they can't back out now. And he's already lost the Fatal 4-Way main event, and they don't have anything for him now because they're slow-burning him and Hook feuding. Okay, uh, what sense does that make if we're trying to make him a main event fucking... No. Excluding all of that of Jungle Boy does not deserve to be in the ring with Sonata... Why the fuck are we getting a junior to challenge for the heavyweight belt on a non-anniversary show? You're going to tell me Jungle Boy is a fucking heavyweight? No. Fuck no. If you want Jungle Boy on the card, and the best part is, is I know Hiromu is going to be there because he's on the CMLL card, and pretty much everyone that's on the CMLL card that week is going to be at Forbidden Door outside of like Osprey and Tanahashi. Hiromu's in town. There he is, Jungle Boy to Hiromu. He's obviously going to lose, so feed him to the junior champion where he belongs, which would also ultimately be a better match. Because Jungle is. Boy versus Takahashi? That sounds like a banger to me. I don't know about y'all. Jungle Boy versus Sonata? Absolutely. No. No. Anyway, you know, and here's the bad part. We're sitting here shitting on this already. You know, we're just like Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy this, that. And I bet it's going to be. I bet it's going to be a fucking epic match. I think. I bet it's going to be a banger, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for fucking Jungle Boy. Exactly. And it ultimately doesn't really do anything for Sonata because the whole talking point about Sonata's match going into Forbidden Door is. He's finally been christened with the world title. New Japan's been heavily trying to build him up. So who do you give him on our roster over here stateside to feed to him that makes him look like a star beating a U.S. talent? Jungle Boy is not that name. Absolutely you know what they really should have done if they wanted to go for a small dude that's obviously not a heavyweight, but we'll pretend. I'll do the Ricky fucking Starks. I could I could see that. Ricky Starks versus Sonata would have been Here, I'll do you one fucking better. I'll do you one fucking better. If we're doing anything, Miro. Have Miro open Miro can't lose challenge. Miro can't eat that loss to Sonata. Sonata's still Japanese audiences are really warming up to him, but in my eyes, Sonata's a dork with a world title. 
and I love Sonata, but he's a fucking geek with that shit. And if he beats Miro, that doesn't make Sonata look good. That just makes Miro look makes bad. Miro look bad. And that's the worst scenario in wrestling is, oh, I beat a monster, but I don't look any better from it. The monster just looks worse. Yeah. I don't think if they did it right, I don't, I think it would help both of them. If it was a competitive contest and they were going back and forth. If you want to feed him a monster, my backup pick is Powerhouse Hobbs. I think that loss would elevate Hobbs a lot because that instantly shoehorns him into a main event slot and he's clearly going to be a big deal for collision which we'll get to later but Hobbs can afford to eat that loss Sonata can beat him and look good without looking like the obligatory I'm a babyface and I need a few championship defenses in before I can get into my losing the belt feud yeah well moving on we had a nice little promo Darby Allen blah 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 coming out but the real point that we want to talk about just briefly sting versus jericho i'm just going to say it it does nothing for me i get the appeal see and this is literally why i even told you as context while we were laying out our show notes before before we recorded i suggested not even mentioning it because it does so nothing for me i just want to say if this, also something, if this happened in the prime, if this happened like prime, if we did a what if episode, you know, about the fucking buyout and everything, that would definitely be a fucking match that I would book for the uh, invasion angle is Sting versus Jericho. I would book that because then I'd be moving on to Sting versus Taker and that whole fucking thing. But we'll save that for another day. Let's move on to the main event with the Elite and the group that is 1B away from being a Pornhub search. The Hunkbuck. Combat Club. I'm I'm sorry, you got it wrong. It's Blackpool Combat Club versus the Hungbucks, former Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champion. Sorry, correction. I'm new to AEW. Fuck you, okay, bud? So that, that ain't even AEW, that's some old Ring of Honor shit because they were a trio and would be the Hung Bucks because that was during the run-up to original All-In with Hangman and Joey Ryan's feud about Hangman having a giant penis. Gee whiz. What are we, 12? Fu- I, I enjoyed that match, actually, and I thought I was going to fucking hate it. Dude. But it was I, a fucking banger. The incredible, I hate it. Normally, I hate overbooked finishes for main event matches, but that was how you do an overbooked finish, right? There are so many run-ins, but it all, every single run-in wasn't necessarily like, oh, this shit, now Eddie's here. Every run-in served a purpose to a separate storyline, and I feel like that finish set up five different fucking storylines. Now we've got a mox. Renewing Claudio Eddie. Now the Eddie's healed. Which will then bleed into an Eddie Moxley. Because Eddie promised Moxley that he wouldn't beef with Claudio on AEW. Which was half the reason why he jumped ship to just be a Ring of Honor dude. But then on top of that, now you've got... Is Eddie gonna side with the Elite? Because Eddie still fucking hates Kenny and the Bucks. And then you've still got the... Takeshita feud with Omega brewing. Yeah. And then you had Will Ospreay come in there and just level the fuck out of Kenny Omega. Dude, that was such a good hidden blade he hit. I was... Whoever agented that whole finish... Kudos. Owes Paul Heyman some money. Because that is a classic ECW main event finish. Oh, that was ECW as fuck, but to me, it really felt if anything, and I bet you he had a hand in it, because he has a hand in everything that draws in professional wrestling. Do not say Jeff Jarrett. That Do was not. a prime 2006 TNA Impact main event finish, and I guarantee you Jeff Jarrett had a hand in that, because yeah, he man, knows he how to draw to professional That's, wrestling. That's, hey, it reminded me of ECW, but it did remind me of that. 
Yeah, but it was specifically the really white hot good era of TNA. You remember when they would have the most random of tag matches in the main event? It would be like, here's fucking AJ and Homicide versus Amazing Red and Christopher Daniels. And then there would be eight run-ins to serve all the remainder storylines, but it would work. Before we leave here, uh, AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite, Forbidden Door. How's it shaping up for you? you guys? Oh, this is shitting on last year's card already, and I loved last year's card. Jungle Boy versus Sonata, like we just said, disappointment, but it'll bang. Brian Danielson versus Okada, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Because if you watch wrestling, you know that's gonna fuck. Osprey versus Omega, I I know it's two, but I count this as three because they're singles in PWG. It's gonna be a fucking banger. Osprey's gonna get his belt back and whatever. I assume it's a Keshta run in. Tanahashi versus MJF. I think that is going. A lot of people are sleeping on that one. And I think that match is going to steal the entire fucking show. And we still have uh, several, couple more weeks. So we probably still got a couple more matches that we don't know about. Tony Khan, if you're fucking listening. You like fucking money, bud. As your own personal dirt cheat and insights, other people to fully, fully expect to be on that show are Naito, Bushi, Hiromu, and Doki. Okay. You Doki Literature Club? Well, moving on to SmackDown, not a lot happened here. We really focused on one thing and one thing only all night, and that was the bloodline and Jey Uso's fucking decision and what that was going to be. But we did get a, another title defense, which I'm kind of excited about. Pretty Deadly versus KO and Sammy. That's going to be a fucking banger. I think people are really sleeping on fucking Pretty Deadly. I've been, how long have I been telling y'all that they are one of the best? act in the fucking market today i think a lot of it is that they're they're not got a lot of traction on smackdown no and they, but i feel like so, yeah, you could tell that they're not kind of resonating with that smackdown crowd but and this is the very very rare in wwe's defense with how many irons they have in the fire of current storylines there is literally no room to build Pretty Deadly because you need to give them segments each week to let them do their heel shtick to really get that traction running. And I think this match will help. But what they need is promos, not matches right now. They need a lot of vignettes and promos. and Or at least or at least some fucking coming out there. If you're going to inter- interrupt, just social media stuff altogether because... Yeah, they don't really put a lot of they put a lot of content out every day, but a lot of it's just not. But look at SmackDown's tag division. Exactly. It's not there. It's Street Profits and the Usos. And they're not even doing anything as an actual tag division because the entire tag division's focus is we need to keep the Street Profits treading water while the Usos do their Roman shit. And I do think we're almost at the point of SmackDown having a tag division again because they announced the Usos versus Solo and Roman for Money in the Bank. I think that'll be a really good match. I honestly oh, think yeah, that, that has match of the year contender written all over it. But there's I nothing... Mean, there's, the SmackDown tag division is pretty fucking solid. Ridge and Sheamus fucking are the MVPs of that fucking whole match. You so got does that good, mean you got the good brother does that mean he is getting singles? That'd be fucking phenomenal. Honestly think and I don't even want of course I want him to win it because I want him to win all the belts, but I think they should have put Pete Dunne in Money in the Bank to be a highlight player. Uh I think he actually is in Money in the Bank. Is he? Yes. I've been because all the other good wrestling companies have been so buzzing lately. I've gotten so detached from what's even going on over there going into Money in the Bank. Because, I mean, Impact's been buzzing. 
Motor City Machine Guns running shit. New Japan has gotten way back up. Noah's been doing good shit. AAA's been messy. I was going to say, even all Japan's kind of hitting it up swing, aren't they? I'm not going to... Yes, which we'll talk about on Gaijin Agogo, but All Japan, out of ev- out of the three companies involved in All Together Again of New Japan, Noah, and All Japan, All Japan boys impressed me the most. Like, I think I need to start watching. Yeah, uh, he's actually in Money in the Bank. He qualified a couple weeks ago. Good. I still think LA Knight's winning it, and he better win his cash-in. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the big story of the night for SmackDown. Jay Uso made his decision, and boy, what a fucking pop it was! It was fucking huge. I, I seriously think they're fielding this to see about the viability of a Jay Uso single run. Yeah, Jay had me, dude. Like that promo when he was talking to his brother, he fucking had me. But when he was like, "And you're out." And so am I, and super kicks the fuck out of fucking Roman. It was great, but uh, I didn't get to finish it uh, because my I got YouTube TV. And for some reason, like, at 9 o'clock on the dot, that motherfucker will switch to the fucking news, or 10 o'clock on the, on the dot, it will switch to the fucking news. And, uh, yeah. Moving on, we had AEW with a new show on Saturday night, Collision, starting out with a CM Punk promo. And boy, what a wordsmith he is. It was exactly what I expected CM Punk's return promo to be, which was basically, I love you, I love wrestling, and then cap it off with some smarmy, fuck these bitches, shit. One dollar Phil. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Now he is one bill Phil. Yeah, that's a one bill fill. Like, brother, let's go. I'm in. When he Wait, came I out just... with his hair, he had his head shaved. I was like, we're about to get Summer of Punk. Oh, 100%. Because already he, he never took the belt out of the bag, but he was waving around the bag being like, I never lost this shit. And I, and... I was sitting there and I was like, he's about to pull a belt out and he's about to, we're about to fucking have. CM Punk as the champion because he never lost. And I guarantee you, we're getting that. It'll be good because you get to finish up that Punk MJF story. Which was, it was really working for me because that was really, the only thing that I would watch would be that because I was really drawn in and captivated of it. Um, One of the matches on the card that we're going to Talk about Buddy versus Andre. Oh my god, dude. I love that they use the, their fucking significant other's fucking finishes on each other. Not even just that, but also, can we talk about in Christopher Jericho is a fucking clown. And I yeah. hate the Judas effect. But goddamn, when Andrade hit that running knee into the spinning back elbow, that is the greatest I've ever seen someone hit that move in all of pro wrestling. I How long have I been telling y'all that Andrade is the one? I've known him since NXT. Andrade is that rare talent where they're super politicky. They're super picky about their booking, but he's so goddamn good that you just need to work around it and give him everything he wants because I legitimately believe Andrade could be the biggest Latin American wrestling star in terms of the U.S. since Ray, and you just have to let give him what he wants because he sees the vision, and that match was clearly giving Andrade exactly what he wants. I'm not the biggest fan of Johnny Gargano. I've made that known several times. But one of my favorite matches is Johnny Gargano versus him for the NXT title. Goddamn. That was such a good match. That's when I, that's when I jumped on that fucking train. I was like, 
to me, I was always really big on him in CMLL and New Japan days as Lasombra before he lost the mask. Like his series with Nakamura was when I really was like, okay, this dude is special, special. Like protect him at all costs, special. I and... never actually watched. The first time I ever was exposed to him was WWE. So. Dude, I got to see him before he debuted on TV. I went to an NXT house show in Nashville, and I saw him wrestle Elias, and then Elias got horribly injured two minutes in. Also on uh, the new show, we had Miro finally shows up on TV, thank God. That was, honest to God, one of the best squash matches I've seen in a minute because it was I'm a sucker for if you're going to do a squash you better let that nerd come out and get some mic time to get some heat on them so you really want to see them get their ass beaten mode down and I thought that Tony Nese promo was fucking is old school as hell the whole oh just call everyone fat and then you get heat and I mean it works every time It'll never get old until people step stop getting mad about it. But then the whole like we're taking collision off the air and we're all gonna work out together and then Miro comes out and murders him. Money. I'm I'm glad he's back on TV. I look at some of these releases that fucking Vince made while he was there. Miro and all these guys, and you look at them now and it's like Do you think Trips is trying his hardest to get those guys back. I was never big on that Miro dude, like Bruce have I big guy. Alright, got it. Moving on. The Rusev not like funny fucking Rusev or the fucking one where he's chasing his wife because Bobby Lashley's fucking banging her and they're doing a cuck storyline with him. Uh, fucking Miro coming out in a fucking tank as the United States champion is fucking awesome. And just the yeah, fact that he banged his wife in the fucking tank right before he fucking went out is even greater. I know, I'm still mad. Miro's a G, bro. He's well, a fucking now, I'm mad at him now because now I can't do my fucking, I can't ride in on a fucking tank at Ego because of him, son of a bitch. No, Miro's fucking great. But we also had to kick off in the first ever match of Collision history, Christian Cage winning the TNT Championship via his JoJo's Bizarre Adventure stand, Luchasaurus. Wow, I can't believe we finally found that meme as a, as a show. We've made a JoJo's reference. No, it was, I don't think you understand, the second Luchasaurus pinned Wardlow and then Christian Cage grabbed the belt and was celebrating like he won it, it, all my mind could think of was JoJo, but all the people that I knew would know about this don't watch JoJo, so it was just like, I have nothing to say. But it was literally, Christian Cage won that belt with his fucking stance. Didn't sell it. Much like you don't sell most things, right? Apparently, that's the thing. Even my son said that he was playing. Listen, he was playing fucking the game, and he has my character. Somebody made my character, and he was playing with his cousin, and he was like, "Well, maybe Dad will do what he normally does and don't sell anything." I'm dead, and I was like, "Motherfucker!" See, you said your son first, and I immediately went to Ethan Cage. Oh. Yeah, not that one. Hi, hi, son. Uh, sorry, I've been bad father. Fun story, though, by the way. Saturday night, like, he came in around the fucking corner, and, like, I saw him out of the corner of my eye, my periphery, and I legit thought it was you for a second. I was like, oh, it's Ethan. <laughs> Let's talk about the... Uh, you got a question, Will? JD, cut this, but hi, Katie. Hi. No, we'll have to start edit. We can put Katie over. Oh, God. Well, just in case he does cut <laughs> one, two, three. Let's talk about the big main event of Collision. CM FTR versus Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. 
I love I Juice Robinson is the fucking greatest. But also, I don't, I don't know why I expect them to not have good team synergy. But Team Comfter have really good team synergy together. So was... now there's two FTR balls, right, Will? There's Punk's balls. Yeah, but, but there's now... two FTR balls and one FTR hair. So but FTR the thing is, one... only one of them is FTR bald. Punk is bitter bald in the Comfter dynamic. Pepsi Punk. Um, Dude, no. The really fact that he acknowledged Phil. Pepsi Phil in his opening promo, I lost my mind for. Uh, just like most of your favorite wrestlers are all soft. <laughs> that shit was so... I'm not gonna lie, that was a really hard ender for his promo. But main event was... The biggest takeaway, really, was that Juice Robinson belongs in the main event. That was my biggest takeaway from that trios. Hold the fuck on. Absolutely not. <laughs> Upper mid-card, sure, but main event, Juice Robinson? No. I, I like Juice, but no. You don't see the vision. What they need, I is, a, no, what they need is a Money in the Bank style shit. Because Juice would be a perfect Money in the Bank world champion. To be a transition champion to give it to a fucking actual stuff. Hey, transitional world champions are still world champions. Shout out Mike Mizzenin. Yeah, fucking a win is a win. I I really feel like there was a there was a weird moment in that match though towards the end where like Punk was like crawling on the floor near the rope. Bro, I, honest, I know I what you're like, talking about. I seriously thought he blew out his knee, and I was like, dude, this is going to be the funniest fucking thing if he's hurt again. I really thought he did. And then there was, like, one point earlier in the match where he actually jumped off the fucking apron and walked up the ramp and then came back down and got back onto the fucking ringside, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Also, why the fuck was he wearing his pants? I hate the long boys on him. Yeah. Something about the long boys, especially now that he shaved his head, he looked racist as hell in those. Either basketball shorts or trunks, Philip. No, the trunks. Especially when you're going to be teaming with the other two-thirds of Comfter. Comfter. They're, they're the new Heart Foundation, get it right. Exactly. Comfter is the big, the big dogs of Collision, and he should have... Everybody knows if you're going to be in a tag in a trio, you have to try to match your gear. Why would you wear pants? Or at least just all wear pink and black. Whereas bald and hair were not wearing fucking pants. That's still my... Like, of all your, like, nicknames for people, that's still my fucking favorite. FTR bald, FTR hair. Like, it pops me every time. It was a good match to end the show, I think. It was a really good match. I was sleeping on that match so hard, and it was one of those where it's like, oh, this match is going to suck, even though every individual member is fucking great. You, you weren't excited at all? Like, your your, your early 2000s little, little Mark self wasn't like, yay, Punk and Joe again? No, because FTR and Jay White were there. That, that, meh, that fucking who cares I will say no. I will say Joe and Dats fucking beating the fuck out Dude. of each other they had such good chemistry oh my god like, also like, Joe love... and Juice I need to see a tag team because it was if you remember right before the end when Joe was in there and he was choking out Punk and they did the little safe spot and then Joe tagged out to Juice. And before Joe rolled out, first of all, I low-key thought Joe got hurt because someone kicked him in the spine and he was selling it a little too oh, much. Oh, Dax went down with a fucking yeah. throw into his Joe back. looked like he was in legitimate severe pain and I got very worried for a minute until he rolled back in for the finish and I was like, no, he's fine. But just hearing Samoa Joe screaming, Juice! Juice! I need to see them hit a tag run together. 
I now want Samoa Joe and Bullet Club Gold. Oh, for fuck's sake. Just Robert for them Joseph two. does not need the Bullet Club. No, he needs to stay far away from that, but I just want to see Juice and Joe together. It would be good. Well, let's move on to Will's favorite segment of the week. Mexico is messy. <laughs> He's been waiting. He's been waiting this whole hour to talk about waiting. So we're gonna give the floor. Let him talk about Mexico. For all you fucking nerds that don't know what real wrestling is, Uh, let me tell y'all, AAA has been messy as fuck. Granted, it's never not, and that's why I adore AAA because it is the messiest professional wrestling could literally ever achieve on a television scale. People be fucking falling asleep on commentary, shooting on each other all the fucking time. It's great. Wasn't that Vampiro that did that? Vampiro did both of those in the span of 30 minutes. He (laughs) fell asleep, farted on the mic, and then started shooting once he woke up. I can love Vampiro. (laughs) And it wasn't even, it was the best kind of shooting. He was shooting on the production truck. Where's my fucking music? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> but we've had a couple in in the grand scheme of things they're really not major losses on the day-to-day AAA scale because when you look at their day-to-day cards these two key talents that on paper seem like massive losses but aren't really around that much but Roosh and Bandito have officially quit AAA but they're also never there that much especially Roosh has worked triple a a grand total of like 10 times maybe and bandito had been there a good bit but hasn't been there in a minute since he got that AEW contract because if he comes to mexico it's for his own promotion big lucha but the big messy situation out of it is big lucha used a lot of triple a talent and now i guarantee you they're going to be petty because if mexican wrestling is anything it's petty and they're not going to let Big Lucha use those that AAA talent. So that's going to take a massive fucking hit. And on top of that, Bandito is now injured. Well, you say that about them being petty. Like, goddamn, the only reason AAA exists is out of pettiness. Yeah, it's literally Mexican Noah, but yes. way messier. Because they're literally born out of enough people that could form a promotion being like, dude, fuck CMLL. Well, it was EMLL at the time, but yes. And it's only still going now out of hatred of CMLL. And now CMLL is low-key on the ropes because they're bleeding big names. And they're doing a really good job at building up newer people to fill them in. But it's also... In terms of their international audience, they have completely lost it. I think I am the only person in the Southeast that still keeps up with CMLL. Well, I was going to say, like, the only international presence they've really had recently was Japan. Yeah, which, I mean, Fantasticamania is still going strong. Yeah. But it's also, every year they bring half the right people and then the other half the people that they ship over for it don't need to be there but triple a was the one of those two that always had the presence in the states the mll always just worked with japan triple a has been way bigger about the states they have a good working relationship with impact and AEW that is now going to be a bit strained because they work with new japan well that and they've always made that work, but it's more so Roosh and Bandito wouldn't quit if they didn't have AEW contracts. You guys like this now? We've diverted into, instead of Gaijin a go-go, now we're fucking um, Gringo, Gringo a go-go. Gringo a go-go. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed your Mexican wrestling. And t- just as a finishing cherry on top before we move on, to make things extra messy. So, Dragon Lee seemed to have left 
because if you don't know, Dragon Lee, Shirley Sukot, Roosh, all brothers, La Bestia Del Ring, who also left AAA, their dad, Dragon Lee ditched AAA to go to NXT, and AAA seemed to be more than happy about it because they thought they still had Drillistico, the dad, and Roosh. Roosh has now quit because he's got the AEW deal. Bandito has also quit because he's got the AEW deal. Drillistico's still there and has still been getting booked for upcoming shows, so now I'm just wondering if that's going to cause friction for him. Him because he doesn't have an AEW deal. He just gets booked a lot. But that is my cherry on top. That is a lot to take in. What what's Spanish for cherry? Uh I don't know. I only know a couple of Spanish words and they're not appropriate. Same. So that's your like that's your guacamole on top of your tacos there, Tree. Okay, punta. Easy. You pendejo. Boy, settle down on it. Alright. Moving on to Will's second favorite segment of the week. MVPs of the week. You didn't let him sing it. Oh, well sing it, Will. Do I have a song? You do the you sing it. You do the little thing. I don't remember how it goes, so... MVPs of the week. Uh, okay, well, that's an MVP, so it's the MVPs of the week. <laughs> I like that one better than the original. So, I'm not going to start things off. I'm going to close things, so Shane, you kick us off. My MVP of the week is Jake. You're a fucking bitch because I knew Jake was going to give it to himself that's why I specifically picked you to start mm. hold on let me let me go get the door real quick I think I have my life flower deliveries here yeah what a fucking match you had you Thank and your you. dance partner Christopher Crunk put him over too bitch yes. um, I thoroughly enjoyed it hmm my only critique was not even really a critique. It was more of a time it critique. It's, yeah. Uh, outside of that, phenomenal job, guys. Fucking hell of a job. And, you know, I was going to be the fucking rogue in this one. I was actually going to give my vote for MVP to, to Crunk. All people. I... I don't know, man. If that guy's motivated and it's a match he really wants to do, he'll go the extra mile for you. And he did. And fucking, I don't give a shit. I'm not ashamed to fucking say, like, I was nervous going into that match because if you know me, you know how I like to wrestle. And if you know Grunk, you know how he likes to wrestle and it's not the same. Like, match structures and layouts are completely fucking different. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And, no, it went out. We went out. And hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fox Mark Show. What? How did you get the fuck in here again? Uh, What do you mean? This is our show. Wait. Show. Hold, on, hold on one second. Jake. Jake. Remember that thing? Who invited Jenkins back on here? I don't know. Who Send did? it to Jerry. Remember that thing? Yeah, that thing. <laughs> Shane tuned up the band. Yeah, fucking super kick to the chin. Really? That was removed from the phone call for some reason. Must be a technical error or something. Jenkins, why are you here? Unless you have an MVP for the week. Yeah, uh, my MVP is uh, Will Diamond, because uh, I hate to get a little sappy, but uh, Will's probably the uh, the best father that I've ever had, best father figure I've ever had also, um, and the best person I've ever been a father to, I, I would say. So my MVP goes to Will Diamond, 
how can you wish me a happy Father's Day if you are also my father, apparently? Also, I really don't know you like that. No, you're because you're my favorite wrestler. I don't. Well, actually, no, I did used to wrestle back when I was training young upstarts like Jake Murphy and JD Rollins. Yeah, I don't I don't know those guys. I don't know any I don't know anyone else that wrestles except for you. They're dorks. Yeah. They could never beat me. Yeah, no. Like, oh, I, how I, do you get I know these two guys. Y'all y'all like wrestling a whole bunch, but neither one of y'all wrestle. That's debatable. No, Jake hates wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. I've listened to the podcast before. Jake definitely hates wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm just good at it, and they pay me to do it, so. Oh, wait, wait you do wrestling? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I, I do. Yeah, you didn't. Jake has a belt. Well, I have a belt, too. I don't say Richard, there's no way you have a belt, but anyways. Because I really want to be careful about giving Will the uh, the MVP. You can get heat with Blouse over that. Remember him and him and uh, Will have heat. No, oh, Blouse talked about it. Blouse can eat a dick about it. I will happily take some flowers, but my MVP of the week. I have to divide it amongst three people. Oh, because. It's been some banger shit since we've had our last MVP of the week. But MVP of the week part one (laughs) has been Keno from Pro Wrestling Noah. I... That's that's the wrong name. No. (laughs) Keno has... mm, Y'all don't even fucking know and i will give keno so much flowers on the next episode of gaijin gogo covering the all together main event but keno keno is the fucking greatest he has been single-handedly carrying like three different feuds in three different companies and one of which he spent the entirety of poking his face out of a trash bag building up in dragon gate fashion icon mvp number two Bringing things more back a little bit stateside is fucking Andrade El Idolo. God damn, that collision match was so good. I love that man to death. Fine as hell. Great wrestler. And the cherry on top was the whole okay how you know bit on Twitter. That's how I know that man's destined for greatness. And then final part three MVP of the week has got to be Scott Damore for getting himself booked in a match at Slammiversary teaming with PCO against Steve Macklin and Bully Ray. The first time I've ever been excited for a 2020 Bully Ray match. Oh, God. Hey, I'm sorry. I have I have a quick question, Will. What? You seem to have left me off the list. You didn't wrestle this week. Yes, I did. Who wrestled? Who? My wife. Yeah, but you lost. She came out on top. I saw it because I saw the VHS tape you left on my doorstep with the footage. I saw it. It was a pretty hardcore match. Which also, to answer your sticky note question you left on the VHS tape, no, that is not how tape trading works. Pretty sure that's exactly what that is. <laughs> no. When I first did those those tapes and it was just the tape from the ring, you told me that that was the wrong way to do I should have just leave the videotape from the ring on people's doorsteps. I should do something more interesting. And that's what I did with my wife. That was not what I meant by tape trading, Jenkins. But in, out to keep it family friendly, what the fuck is your MVP, Jake? I already said you you were cutting in and out when I said I actually gave it to Kronk. Boo! I know, I know. People don't like him, but. 
So why do I even do this podcast? Why did I create this podcast and invite you schmucks on if none of you are giving me the praise that I rightfully deserve? Uh, it's in the mail. Yeah. Right next to Shane's. I mean, your shirt looks nice, but no one listening to this can see that. So what does it truly matter? It matters a lot to me that I just get praise. Okay, well, yeah. you're very good at losing. Is that, is that good for you? Okay, first of all, my wife is a three-time WWE heavyweight champion, okay? It's not like I just lost to, to like, a random wife or something. Like, is your wife Chris Jericho? Yeah. Did I not, did I not introduce y'all? I thought you no. were at the wedding. Isn't Chris Jericho three-time WWE champion? Sure. Yeah. Oh, fuck. All right, guys. Jake. What do they got to do? Well, that guy's still here, too. We got to bring Jenkins' wife. Actually, don't. Don't do that. That's just, don't, an insurrection will happen. So they'll just beat the shit out of you.